You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is a podcast from comedianscomedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith and today I'm extremely pleased to have uh, with me in what we'll laughingly refer to as the studio. Uh, when the boys were on their on the way around to me uh, earlier on today, they uh, Stefan texted me and said, uh, is there any way to park outside the studio? And I was like, guys, it's not the studio, it's my flat. Um, but uh, very pleased to have around to, uh, we'll call it the studio from now on, um, very pleased to have the Midnight Beast. These are, I mean, I don't know how many of you will be familiar with the Midnight Beast. Their, their catchment, their demographic, if you like, is probably slightly younger than the average listening age of this podcast. They are massive, massive YouTube sensations. I hope you've done your homework by, at the very least, uh, listening to TikTok. We're going to dis- uh, we're going to uh, talk about that one in detail on the show, um, which was their parody of uh, Kesha, Kesha's TikTok in 2009, which by now has got something like 15 and a half million hits. That will give you some idea of uh, how they started. Uh, they've had a couple of series of their own show, The Midnight Beast, on E4. And as we'll hear, they're about to go to Comedy Central US as well. So, you know, I, I think we'll describe on the show uh, the sort of thing that they are. Uh, I really am so pleased to welcome the show. And you can hear, I mean, I know every so often I have a guest on and you can basically hear me falling over myself. I was really excited. Obviously, there's a tiny part of me that is a teenage girl that thinks they're totally awesome. Um, I know that teenage girls don't say totally awesome anymore. They probably say something in text speak that I couldn't translate. Uh, but nonetheless, enough faff. Uh, this is uh, Ashley, Steph and Drew, otherwise known as the Midnight Beast. Tell me what you're up to at the moment. Where, where do we find you in your careers at the moment? What are you up to? Wow, um, we're six years. Yeah, <laughs> so six years, six years um, and it's, it's kind of been a crazy six years, and it's just finding stuff to do now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we doing? It's yeah, uh, Comedy Central, yeah. Yeah, yeah we've done... So we, we've now done two studio albums and two, two seasons on E4, and we're, we've been writing... We've been kind of... We've departed E4. We're working on a new comedy venture with Comedy Central in okay, the States, yeah. which is really exciting. The moment we're writing the pilot, so it could go either way, but yeah, okay. yeah. we don't mind talking about that. But that has been super exciting because it's actually the first time we've experimented with comedy without music, actually. And, uh-huh. and, um, and we're 
collaborating with a guy called Aaron Blitzstein and he did Family Guy and David Letterman and he's amazing. So we've been Skype writing with him. Yeah. Yeah. Five oh hour Skypes of, uh, so it's different time zones so you can see like we're doing it from eight o'clock till midnight and he's early in the morning. So yeah. our ideas do dwindle towards <laughs> the end. And uh, But yeah, it's been a great process. Crazy. So, so you're, let's, for those of you, for those of my listeners that don't know who you are, now yeah. I, I really uh, hesitate to ask you no, about the uh, TikTok yeah, parody, no. because that's, I mean, you've, I've seen, there's countless interviews of you on YouTube already going, okay, what we did was, we did <laughs> yeah. but, so that we, we know who you are. I, I'll tell you, in fact, I will introduce my listeners to you by the way I discovered you, which was maybe at Latitude a few years ago in the... Yeah. In the cabaret tent, I think, yeah, that yeah. one, they split into half and then the rejig other yeah. side. Me and a comic friend of mine, a guy called Mark, were outside and we just, we were kind of walking past. I think he'd been on in that tent earlier on that day. Yeah. And we just heard screaming. We, were like, <laughs> we thought you were here for a moment. We were like, because someone invaded this incredibly <laughs> nice middle class festival. We're going to look around and see some awful warlord. And, uh, and we, just this tiny little tent was absolutely packed with screaming, predominantly girls, guys yeah, as well. Yeah. But, you know, in yeah, that kind yeah. of. Yeah. And we, we were like, this is like Beatlemania. Someone is Jesus returned. Um, and we were just, we were looking outside trying to see what was going on. And we couldn't really. I remember uh, Drew, I think, taking his hat off and throwing it into the crowd. And there was some sort rock of moment. Rock rock rock. Rock. Yeah, there was a bit. You know, but uh, but we didn't really. I didn't know any of the songs. I could hear it was going to be a musical act, except people were going mental like they were at Wembley. Yeah. And then I think it was the following year I saw you at um, Bestival, and I because I'd seen that, I was like, I've got to check these guys out. And I remember looking at my uh, watch in the afternoon, and going, oh, Midnight Beast are on. And I took a bunch of friends of mine who were in their late thirties, early forties, and I said, Guys, we're going to go and see the Midnight Beast. And I was like, oh, What's that? You know, some of them were like, I only really like dubstep, or you know, I, I only really like you know whatever. And I said. And, and I remember trying to sell them what you were. I was like, no, no, no. They're like a boy oh, band. Exactly, yeah. I, I was sort of trying to say, they're like a boy band, but they're, they're a spoof of a boy band, but they get to do all of, they get to get all the benefits of being a boy band while taking the piss out of being a boy band. And they were like, okay, we'll give it a try. We got there halfway through, halfway through your set. Again, massive gig. And like two minutes in, I turned round and they were all behind me like they were 12 again, just smiling, <laughs> just going mental. I was like, I know, right? I know. Oh, it, was so cool. it was so awesome, man. It was oh, a perfect introduction you. to your stuff. So, so is that is that fair? You're, you're, I mean, I know, we'll, we'll talk about the transition away from music later yeah. on, but yeah. is that fair that what you've been doing for the last six years is you're basically a boy band? Yeah. Yeah, but essentially. You're a spoof boy band and a real boy band. No, yeah. 100%. We've, we've always played with the idea and, and it's something we very openly admitted in our song Just Another Boy Band like which yeah, was about yeah. the seventh song we put up on our YouTube mm-hmm. and I mean we started by accident of just making videos me and Drew's band would tour and we'd we'd like kind of do little vlogs on, on the yeah. side and like parodies of adverts and stuff like that and just getting used to filming with, with a camera basically that's pre-TikTok that was pre-TikTok okay, and, pre-TikTok, and yeah. Ash would hang out with us a lot we, we always hung out as the three and always had a want to do stuff together but then we just put this TikTok video up and it kind of and, and put it under the name The Midnight Beast and it exploded which was mad and after that yeah we played on the idea of these dance routines songs this just another boy band track and then we we wrote a book because every boy band was doing that at the time okay. and we just thought yeah. we've got to spoof that too and it's yeah that's kind of become and weirdly yeah like you say we attracted the fan base of boy bands but i guess 
also the alternative fan base of kind of rock groups as well that wanted to take the piss out of boy bands, but then some boy band fans are like, and we got confused too. Yeah. <laughs> and this is when YouTube had just started. Like, yeah. obviously now YouTube has become such a big platform for a lot of, like, vloggers and mm, all the different mm. things. But, you know, I, I'd like to say we're one of the originals, really, kind mm. of like putting up yeah. content. It's, it's in interesting to hear that you've been making stuff before TikTok. Because yeah. I, 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 in the little research that I've done, I was like, okay... TikTok was the first thing. And you go back and look at it, and it's now on something like 15 and a half million yeah. views. Um, and I was looking at it going, this cannot possibly have been the first thing you've done. Because yeah. the, from, from my mind, from the mind of a comic, yeah. what I notice is the punchline density. There is a visual joke or an audio joke every two seconds. And, yeah. and often simultaneously. Yeah. So... Um, so had you been making that kind of stuff? Had you been making stuff that was like joke, 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 joke to, prior to TikTok? To be honest, like not really. No. I mean, I, and I think the thing that we had to try and work out and, and didn't think about and thinking about now is is really we wanted to make each other laugh and maybe a few of our mates and stuff. Yeah. And, and when we when it got down to it and suddenly people were taking interest that maybe weren't our age group, were younger, different sex, some older we were kind of thinking for a second, we were like, well, how do we act as comedians? And then we just thought we've got to just keep making stuff that makes yeah. the three of us laugh. Cause mm-hmm. that's clearly what translates the best. And TikTok certainly was the first where we'd ever tried to, I mean, we had a track that came out a few videos later called ninjas and mm-hmm. that we'd actually written me and Drew had written before. And we were, we were saying a lot of the time, like if we put this up, no one's going to care. Yeah. Like it's kind of a spoof. We're going to get ripped. Yeah. Like, it's kind of, yeah. It's like a spoof of a spoof. It's like a spoof of Lonely Island spoofing a hip hop. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we loved them and we didn't see what was different about us. So we, we did TikTok as a kind of experiment. Like let's just put out someone else's thing and see. And the fact that it kind of took off was mental. I mean, I, I was at, I edited it and produced it under my bunk bed. I was living at my mum and dad's house and, we just did it on iMovie, like the first edition kind of okay. thing. And, and and I'd always loved editing. We'd always loved producing. That was certainly something we'd done before, but okay, yeah. never joke writing between the two it, of us. It made me think, when I initially saw that, I was like, these guys are so young. And there's, <laughs> there's, there's parts of the editing, which I, I know nothing about editing, but it seemed to me sufficiently professional. Just well, like the bit at the end where you kind of slot together all the... Just the shape of it seemed really professional. Wicked. I ended up thinking... Is there, have they been created? Yeah. Is, there, is there some sort of Spengali <laughs> figure in the background? Yeah, yeah. Is there like been. a spoof of Louis Walsh who has created <laughs> you guys? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> That'd be a yeah. good mockumentary, actually. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> so, so you created... So you were thinking in, in terms of jokes. When you were putting it together, and we'll, we'll stay with TikTok for a minute, yeah. were you... Did you kind of storyboard it beforehand or did you just have a camera for a yeah. day and just shoot loads of stuff? Did, did you know what shots you were taking... Yeah, so it definitely wasn't planned. Like, I remember us being there and visuals, we were just, like, looking around Stefan's house and seeing what we could actually attach to different lyrics and stuff. And then, obviously, with your editing brain, you thought different things would work. But it was mainly Mm. just us improvising, just having a laugh, really. Yeah, yeah. Finding immature things funny. Like, I was just like, let's zoom into this Barbie's tits for one scene, (laughs) for one shot and stuff. And, like, it's basically just us fucking around, really. There wasn't anything planned or any storyboards. No, and I think it's always a bit of the best of both like we always normally print out lyrics and we'll we'll make a couple scribbles on them and then know that if we don't come up with stuff kind of there and then then it's not going to have that improv feel as well I think yeah, and okay. and like Ash is saying like just calling out 
oh, this bit will work, but then maybe this bit, we knew we'd shoot that at the kitchen table. and we mm-hmm. and But, I mean, really, yeah. that was all in a day. Like, it wasn't like the night before we'd been like, all right, day before the shoot, let's get all the props yeah. ready. And and we, went out, yeah. we went out the night before, and no. that's how it all came together. Like, I, you know, I wasn't even supposed to be in this video, really. No. It just so happened I was in this video, and then six years later, I'm still doing it. Exactly. Still attached. Uh, one of the one of the things that really strikes me about that video, and then what I guess went on to become your part of the, the flavor of the Midnight Beast online, yeah. is that combination of sort of is, I want to say high production values, but yeah. they're, they're quite low production values. Yeah. But it's kind yeah. of a high production ethic. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know quite what I'm. Yeah. What that no, word is. D- definitely. I mean, we've always said lo-fi in the sense of. I mean, I, I had just uh, maybe the year. Before I'd got the um, the, the video of Spike Jones's kind of anthology of music videos okay. and stuff, and all the fisheye stuff and everything with the Beastie Boys and 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 um, and who's the other Spike Jones and who was the director Michelle Gondry? Yeah, Michelle Gondry and yeah. all that kind of ethos of lo-fi video directing, and and I think it it was very popular at the time in commercials as well, where that lo-fi-ness, people would want to make something that looked like it was made on a budget. And I think from the early days, after TikTok kicking off, like, we were like, well, the only way we can make something that is that is good is by embracing the fact that we don't have any money yeah, and we've yeah. literally got five pounds and so we'll just make it look lo-fi but we're not making it look it just is lo-fi yeah. in a way yeah, okay. and I think and that's the charm of it really wasn't it yeah and and, the, and when we had a bit more money to spend like coming into the TV show and stuff we always just said look throw don't spend that money on that spend it on this on almost the planning stage of it because the lo-fi-ness you can't fake I think yes and you, think you have to turn up and get you know you maybe you can't go out and buy no. a mermaid barbie no, to do yeah. a crash yeah. zoom on no. their boobs yeah, 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 you've yeah. got to find one in your house for it to yeah, yeah, seem exactly, authentic yeah. that's it and, yeah. and that and that was something we understood about the way that the three of us almost are, are parts in the midnight beast because I overly plan everything I, I okay. always have and these guys have been way better at kind of going look just like take a step back from it and remember most of the things we did in the early days was just improvised and stuff. Yes. And whereas I'll always be like, well, if we don't get that bit for that, then it's like okay. fucked kind of thing. But And that's what's worked with us. We've always pulled each other in the direction that it kind of was in the early days, I think. Okay. And, and as far as your, your kind of dynamic as a, a group of a, a co-performers... How much of the, how much of what's in the video reflect, how much of what's in like the public, the performative persona of Midnight Beast reflects your actual relationship? I mean, I think it's very similar. Yeah. As we found out. It's very similar. Um, What does this mean? (laughs) So, it's kind of embarrassing. So basically, I, I, um, we were having a conversation about, what was it? It was, uh, it was slang, basically. It was, um. It was because Ashley plays a persona of being a bit stupider than he is in real <laughs> stupider. That's the word. Yeah. Than he is in it's real life. And, uh, um, yeah. and, and uh, we've it's got a bit at the end of our track medium pimping where we say cheese. Ash goes, what's cheese? And Drew goes, it means money. And he goes, oh, and that ends it. And it's yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. flipping the hip hop sensibilities down yeah. to just that. And um, Ashley literally asked us what cheese meant the other day. And it was just one of those things. That you said, that's a lie. That's, <laughs> your line. that's why we did that joke years ago. It was because of that. He's not learning since. Do I take it then that your dad did actually run away with a cleaner? As you refer to on about 30 of your songs. <laughs> Um, he doesn't like to talk about it. Yes. 
Yeah, I'm just going to drink some. <laughs> <laughs> He's been drinking water on that question since day one. Yeah. <laughs> just always managed to avoid the question, really. <laughs> okay. Is it just kind of coincidence then that you you seem to fairly, as a group of performers, you fairly accurately represent the three types of boy band? <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that's kind of been the appeal as well yeah. with, our, with our fan base. It's, it's kind of like they have seen something in each of us that have kind of they've seen it on stage and they've seen it in videos and, and even when we've done interviews or met them it's, it's kind of portrayed in real life mm, yeah. um, I mean I certainly like to be quite a relaxed kind of oh it'll be alright on the night kind of thing and instead yeah. it's a lot more planning and then you know it's just yeah I think that kind of comes across yeah both in the videos and in real life and yeah and, and we we've we I mean our t- the TV show we did on, on E4 we heightened the personalities yeah. but they're all the, I think the best comedy uh, the, the, always the comedy that we grew up loving the uh, stuff like The Office was the first thing that we all related to each other in the, the UK yeah, office yeah. and 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 I think with stuff like that, it's just relatable situations, and that's always what's been the funniest to us. So if there's not a situation that Ash has said something like that, then we don't yeah. want it in the script. And yeah. it's the same with you, and it's the yeah. same with me. And I think as well, like, like we were saying, how we first started was to make each other laugh and make our friends laugh. And I think yeah. that's why the sort of realness of each of our personalities mm. come out is because mm. if I do something that I don't think will make these two laugh, then there's no point in it going in a song or in a video. And it's kind of the same for all of us. Really, it is, right? yeah, yeah, and yeah, exactly. That's been the most important thing. If we don't laugh in the room, it's not going in. Yeah, Even if okay. someone laughed when we told it to them that morning, it's not the same yeah. kind of thing. It's been the best judgment call. It's really the only reason we've kind of carried on for so long is because we've all enjoyed it and we've all still made each other laugh with it. Yeah. Krista said if, if it hasn't, it's like, well, it's, you know, that's not going anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave that one to the door. And is that, this might be jumping ahead slightly, but is that a kind of a creative control that you've managed to to keep hold of those reins when you were doing the E4 series? Were, were you... That, that's sort of something you don't hear very often mm. in TV when people yeah. make that jump yeah. to doing TV. In some they kind of go, they, they overruled us on this. Yeah, uh, but, but it was a bit half half really with it the because you know with the writing of the script. I mean, we we had ideas, but we had a team that would write the script kind of without us. Really, yeah, it started really? it started with yeah. us, um, but mm. we all threw our hands up and said, "Look, we've yeah. never written a script, and we don't yeah. want to come out with a show." We want to do a show. We're not going to park it for two years while we learn how to write a script because yeah. this opportunity may not, yeah this opportunity <laughs> yeah. may not, not ever come back. But at the same time, we didn't want to say to everyone, "Yeah, well, we've done that. We can write a script," because we couldn't at the time. So we decided to we'd come up with the ideas with the writers in the room and we'd approve the best ones. Then they'd go off and they'd write it. And, so and you retained control start, yeah. over the sorts of things that were in it and exactly, the kind of yeah. flavour of the show. But yeah. It, yeah, but it started with our songs. I think the first series yeah. is more yeah. like basing the storylines around different songs of what people knew and all that mm. that kind of thing. But um, and we learnt a lot from that. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't really base a storyline around the song. Well, you could, but then things wouldn't work and it just didn't make sense in some parts and some mm. thing, uh, things seemed a bit too surreal because of the song. And... When, when you were trying to sort of retroactively go, the song exists, yeah. let's try and put all the places, put all yeah. the pieces in yeah. place in the like plot so yeah. the song yeah. makes sense. But that was harder because yeah. in the second series we based it around the songs driving the storyline. Yeah. Okay. So so it'd make more sense, it would flow better, and I think that definitely worked better with the second series, I think. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and that's something we ended up doing. We made a three-part mini-opera series with Comedy Central. It was our first time ever working with them, and it was the US office, but we made it online, and it launched on their YouTube channel. And, and that was the first time we collaborated with a friend, Tom George, and he sat in and he wrote 
the songs with us and we wrote the script with him yeah. Yeah. and because they overlapped and and you learned something new about Ash's character in, in the first song that he got a tattoo the night before but you but when the song started you didn't know that and when the song finished you did yeah. okay. and that meant that we could sell more in three minutes than we ever could in 23 minutes with three songs <laughs> uh, because okay. because what would happen is the storyline would be going along we'd get to a club and we'd want to and we'd want to survey it for a party scene or something i can't remember the exact storyline yeah. in the first episode but then through the course of the song no storyline activity yeah. happens and because because none of that happened you literally by the end of the song you've got to kind of go oh what was happening with the storyline mm. and so you found you're actually almost wasting minutes it's stilted then it just like yeah. it froze and it wasn't yeah it didn't that is such, that's such a production thing to say it's like yeah. you're wasting minutes exactly. <laughs> yeah. it really is you have to think that yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. no definitely and, and that was something we always wanted everything to be hard hitting and funny every second kind of mm. thing and I think that was a big thing we learned about the TV yeah, process was, and control yeah. and luckily I managed uh, the first series, because I edited all the music videos uh, with a little help from from moving from iMovie over to Final Cut Pro from a friend. He kind okay. of coached me over and, and helped me edit them. And um, when we got to the first series, it was something I was told I couldn't do, like was be involved in the editing. Um, but then the second series, I managed to get back involved in it mm-hmm. and, and edit the music videos. And that was brilliant because it meant that... Because I think really the, the three points of comedy that has always happened with us and with music that you're really lucky to have is it's the writing of it and then... Uh, well, writing and recording of it. Mm-hmm. So there's almost two in there. Then then when you film the video, you get to add a whole bunch of new stuff. And then the editing of it, you get to create more jokes within the edit and that's always something we've tried to do is not just have jokes in the song in the video but also in the edit as well and I think that's another level of kind of funny you can have and, and that was something that dramatically changed for the second series yeah. I think but we've had a learning curve over the past I think two years of filming the two series yeah leading up to uh, well the pilot that we're creating for Comedy Central and we've learned so much more that we can kind of like put all our ideas into this yeah. this, this idea that we have um, yeah because yeah, it was interesting when we did do the series one filming and like it was you know, if, as we were saying some scenes felt sort of crowbarred in because they were existing songs mm. but at the time obviously we were just sort of going with it it was a whole new experience yeah. so it was really interesting the second time around to actually view that and go back and watch the first series and actually realise it was moving a million miles an hour and why and all mm. of that stuff it was it was a really cool like learning process like, mm. yeah. yeah it made the second one seem a lot more Seamless, like I'm not saying we were sort of like veterans of doing it. Sure, it was only a second time I around, think it's definitely it as, from a... the episodes I've seen. I feel like the second series is is a lot stronger. Yeah. and I, I think for that reason as well, it feels like from the very beginning of the second series that lot, you know, the outside dance sequence, you know, yeah. Yeah. kind of working together. Yeah, it um, it feels like the story is serving the songs. Wicked, yeah, that's awesome. great. It's definitely the approach. Yeah. yeah. So thank you to the boys for coming round. Um, as you can hear, I think we all had uh, a load of fun doing this and we even managed to get uh, Drew to occasionally speak. So that's good. Uh, more from them in just a moment. There's still time to get your tickets for Mark Watson. Uh, that's the next live uh, British. Yeah, in fact, the, the next live podcast I'm doing is in a few days with Mitch Ben in Estonia. But assuming you're not listening in Tallinn, uh, the next live one you can see is at the Secret Welsh Festival next week. Uh, that is going to be Mark Watson in the Vortex venue at half five on the Sunday. 
You can Google up the details by searching for the Secret Welsh Festival's Secret Welsh name. Uh, come along and see that. And of course, there's still tickets available for Nina Conti live at Soho Theatre, the second one in the run of the first Tuesday of the month uh, live ComCom shows. Uh, remember, you can get your tickets for May the 5th with Nina Conti by, uh, and get a 25% discount using the, uh, the discount code FAFF, F-A-F-F, at SohoTheatre.com. Please don't miss that. I mentioned last time her documentary. It is, of course, I remembered shortly after recording these, Her Master's Voice. I don't know how easy it is to find in the UK. I managed to, to borrow a, a copy of it. Uh, possibly you can still get it on Amazon. But if you have a copy of that already, re-watch it uh, and get ready to, uh, to have that thoroughly explored live at Soho Theatre on May the 5th. Uh, a quick plug for someone else's thing. Uh, it just occurred to me, if you're a podcast person, why not give John Robbins and Ellis James's XFM show podcast a listen? As far as I'm concerned, they're the new Adam and Joe. Uh, both of them always very welcome on this show. Uh, I've had a chat to Ellis recently. We'll try and get a date in uh, to, to have Ellis on this show. Brilliant stand-up in his own right, as is the wonderful John Robbins. Uh, brilliant stand-ups both, but when they are together, the chemistry of two reedy, pedantic men <laughs> complaining about things and celebrating uh, the music of Queen and indeed uh, ancient British coin collections, uh, all kinds of stuff. But what, what, they, what they do uh, that reminds me specifically of Adam and Joe uh, is that they're really, really good at giving the, uh, sort of giving the show to the audience, if you know what I mean. They're really good at... Uh, as Adam and Joe always were brilliant at doing, uh, following their own stupidly instantly inter- improvised sentences to the end of the breath. Like, you, you know that they don't know what they're going to say next. It's very uh, funny. Um, but also they're really good at opening up and responding to audience challenges and suggestions and questions and games and stuff like that. Really, really good fun. And I, I say that as someone who frequently doesn't advertise things my friends do because I want to keep you all for myself. But do download the John Robbins and Ellis James XFM Show podcast. Uh, and add that to your podcast list. Uh, thank you, of course, for your donations. You too can donate to support the show by paying me 20 quid as a one-off payment or a tenner or a fiver or a hundred quid, a pound a show or whatever else you think is reasonable. But please do not tick the button uh, that says regular payment because it still doesn't work. We are on it, I promise. Uh, simply click on the donate button on the PayPal link at comedianscomedian.com. If you have a Patreon account, uh, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash comcompod or simply come up to me at a gig sometime and press some dirty cash into my hand say something cool and walk away without a second word um so that's that thanks for all your donations thus far very much appreciated as ever uh, and do keep them coming in and finally before we get back to the midnight beast i've got a new initiative i was thinking recently about people i would like to uh, you know people who in my wildest dreams i would love to invite onto this show recently i've been uh, i've been making some advances towards various uh, Slightly curveball-shaped guests, you know, um, people you wouldn't necessarily expect. I mentioned I'd, uh, I'd emailed Henry Rollins recently, and uh, and in fact, I remember hearing recently that uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper listens. My door is always open to uh, to Rollins or Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, but I was thinking, ultimately, who do I want? Who is the biggest comedian in the world? I don't think it's Russell Peters. I don't think it's Gervais or Tosh or or uh, uh, Chris Rock even, or Louis. I think the biggest comedian in the world is Jackie Chan. He is, if you've ever seen any of his films, you'll know how naturally funny Jackie Chan is. He's basically a clown. The Kung Fu, is, the Kung Fu and the stunts are all sort of secondary to that. So, 
Hashtag get me Jackie Chan. I'm starting an initiative now, which I'm going to continue in future episodes, possibly forever, until somebody gets me Jackie Chan. One of you must know someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows Jackie Chan. So let's start a little outward, uh, let's start a little spider web of people asking each other uh, if they can possibly get, every time you hear the word Jackie Chan in conversation, ask everyone in that conversation, do you know Jackie? Can you get hold of Jackie? Can you get him on the Comedians Comedian podcast? My door is open, info at comedianscomedian.com or tweet me at comcompod with the hashtag getmejackiechan. Let's bombard the, the, the incredible, wonderful man uh, who's I, I just grew up with his movies and I think he's hilarious. I want him on the show. So let's bombard his Twitter account uh, with requests for him to get in touch with me. And let's see if we, I would never normally ask you to bombard someone, but he's, I think he's like the fourth most recognisable person on the planet. So he can probably take it. Get me Jackie Chan. Now let's get back to the Midnight Beast. So, so this the the mini opera. Now I haven't yeah. seen that. Has that been released or is that, that has? Yeah, and yeah. and and we we were so happy with how that ended up because we were. It was the first time since the early music videos that we'd ever been involved in every single aspect of it. Mm. And Comedy Central gave us a budget, and and because it was a web series, it wasn't much, but. Every, we employed every mate of ours to do every role that we knew that they could do best. And, yeah. it, and it was the first time, really, because the, the TV series, we didn't have to sign off because we weren't producers on it, whereas mm. we were on this. Mm. And it was the first time we could sign off, you know, spend a bit more money on this, which wouldn't be usual in the creation of a, of a TV show or whatever, and spend a little less on this, because we don't yeah. need that. With a midnight like, mix, What are the yeah. kind of this is that you're talking about? Spend um, less money on a location or... Yeah, a, yeah, exactly. Less yeah. money on lunch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just find out food. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <a> sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, but, yeah, and... So that, I mean, that's probably true, you laugh, yeah, but, like, you know, if, it, if, you, if you're employing a producer, they want to eat properly. Yeah, yeah, if exactly. it's you, you can make do with yeah, exactly. That's yeah. it. No, Even Dad's getting our mates involved, you know, just yeah. and be an extra and you know, stand around and, you know, yeah. please, <laughs> we need you. Yeah. I know. I, I mean, not a single aspect of the Midnight Beast hasn't been pleading people to, yeah. <laughs> to do a freebie. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, exactly, and, and, and that worked, and it, I think it got... Uh, 450,000 in the first week yeah um, it was really which was, a web I'm series just saying, I'm just going to pause for a moment and just say I really enjoyed that moment of the apparently scatty ash going <laughs> 450,000 <laughs> I'm very good with numbers and That's that kind of thing um, common sense fuck that yeah. but anything else I'm, I'm quite good at um, yeah memorising that kind of thing but um, within the first week it actually did really well yeah. and then it carried on and yeah, they were very impressed, weren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it was really. And is good. That, that's Comedy Central in the US. US, it yeah. is. Okay, it, so can we see it? Is there anywhere yeah, I can yes. find it online? So yes. it's on CC Studios, okay. and um, yeah, and it's called After the After After Party. And okay. luckily, there hasn't been anything called that. So if you <laughs> Google that, it's online, yeah. and yeah. it's yeah, it's the it's basically the three of us wake up on the aftermath of a house party and we're re-piecing together what happened last okay. night. And to be honest, it's the most surreal we've ever gone with our comedy. Mm -hmm. And it was so fun because there were no limits. And yeah. and where I said a lot of relatable stuff always made us laugh, I think the fun with that was it was relatably surreal, which I think is always something quite interesting that things like the Mighty Boosh, you know, where mm. suddenly there's a really bizarre scenario that just comes crashing down with something very normalised kind of yes, thing. Okay. And I think that was great fun playing with that. So just yeah. going back to this, I'm interested in this kind of the apportionment of the budget. If yeah. you're saving money on sandwiches and extras and all the rest of it, mm. what are you spending that money on? Is it is it prep time? Is it time with... 
it's, with you know directors or what? What's how does that work? I, a lot of the time, it's it's things like um, things like prop making like was very important with that, as you'll see in the third episode, and mm-hmm. and um, and uh, things like because um, uh, we do spend a lot of money on props. I mean, yeah. uh, in all our videos, we spend nothing on everything else, but the props we spend yeah. a little bit of money on. And yeah, Is, uh, what's the thinking behind that? Because they've got to look. I mean, I, I would guess they've got yeah. to look kind of crap in the right way. Yeah. Is that right? I'm just thinking of when you're doing uh, I'm the Main One. Yeah. yeah. Fact you've got those cardboard suits yeah. that yeah. look homemade, but yeah. they look homemade to a good standard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. And, and to be honest, the one thing that, that, has, been, that has made writing every tri- like kind of treatment, in inverted commas, because sometimes it's not so much a treatment, but for every music video is the literal lyrics and that's been a, a thing that we've always tried to do is if if somebody's talking about cleaning a sink there's got to be a sink and a pair of gloves kind of thing okay. and, and if you've got that for every single lyric it starts adding up a lot so that's and, yeah okay. and, and that was that literally line. something that we would sit down with a tv show and they'd kind of go well, you know, we've spent money on these lights and we've got all this crew and stuff. We've got no money for props. And we'd be like, well, every lyric needs a gag. And the yeah. main one, and it's funny that you said that one automatically, was the first video we ever did in the whole creation of the series. So it must have been maybe the 13th video we did with mm-hmm. E4 where they went, you guys can spend money on props in this one. And, yeah. th- and that was the first one yeah. where every lyric has has a prop-based gag. And, and that was kind of the theme of TikTok as well, where, where kind of from... Because otherwise, I feel like the writing of the song itself is a waste. Because if you're not pointing out the lyrics, almost a gag for us has been overly pointing out the lyrics, yeah. going, "This is what we yes. say, and okay. we're doing it too," kind yeah. of thing. And and I think that was what was so fun with the main one, and and uh, and having fun with all the earlier videos is spending money on props. Exactly. Yeah, Are you? It's, it's interesting that you. The, I wouldn't have expected you to say we we literally do a visual prop for every gag because right. I, I suppose something that that your work reminds me of is I don't know if you've ever seen Zero Punctuation, no, no, video, no. video game reviews by a guy called Ben Yahtzee Croshaw. Amazing, uh, I think right. And they're high speed, angry like three minute video game reviews about you know Fallout Three or Half Life yeah, okay, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Where he's and it's a little cartoon thing, and he's chuck. I really recommend anyone listening <laughs> to watch them. Very very funny. Yeah. But the way he works is he's doing high-speed criticism of the... Now, you end up with this, and then you go to there, and you get really cheesed off because you yeah. can't find the key at the end of the thing. Yeah. And then at the same time, he's got these little kind of animated figures who are nicely kind of like even below South Park standard. Oh, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah, very right. simple. Um, but he kind of like... He does a gag, like an audio gag, and then a different visual gag. Oh, wow. So I sort of... I can't, I've come away from TikTok, a lot of your work, feeling like that's what you do. But it's interesting well, to hear you say that there's... A lot of the time, you the visual is underlining the joke. But well, well, then, but then actually, a lot of the time, that's where these guys really come in because I'll, I'll kind of go, ah, oh, like we need Febreze for this kind of gag kind of thing, and then, but then when it comes to the filming, these guys will change what we've planned and just do something else on top of it, and I think ah, that, and I that's see. where that kind of level of it comes on, where yeah. there's like the pre-planning, yes. but then there's that improv stage of filming where they basically try and knacker your best laid plans. Exactly. <laughs> And that's what's always worked because I think at the end of the day, if you stand there and just present a prop, there's only so much funny you're going to have. Whereas yeah. if the facial expression is doing something else and yeah, there's an extra yeah. gag that we've thought of on the day, then it also it's works. It's just like a full on assault, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. impossible. 
like you yeah, say, yeah, every definitely. second, we can't waste minutes. No, yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be a few guidelines and then kind of weaving them out of them. Definitely. Kind of, I know the boundaries of, like, this is kind of roughly what we've got, but mm-hmm. let's just fucking yeah. go. You know, yeah. So, yeah. so after, after TikTok, what was the first, because that was a parody of an existing song, what was the first original song that you wrote from scratch? That was Ninjas. Ninjas which yeah. We, okay. yes, which addition. you had written beforehand. Which yeah. we had written before. And, yeah, and and because we, we came up with TikTok and the idea was we were going to do TikTok and then Ninjas, but we okay. thought, this is why it's so well it's coming up to Christmas we may as well do a Christmas song so then we did All I Want For Christmas Is You our parody Triple Xmas Buddies and then um, <laughs> and then we also did um, a parody of Down which was high yeah. in the UK charts at, at the time and, and then we came out with Ninjas I yeah. think in that order it's and kind of interesting that even after putting Ninjas out and maybe even the next one that was an original like we were still kind of considered this parody mm. parody thing which is kind of yeah. interesting because all Obviously, all of our originals are still a sort of pastiche of a, an artist or a genre. Yeah. So it's kind of cool and odd at the same time that we've kind of been labelled as this parody act. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you find TikTok is kind of a millstone because you're known as those... I mean, that, that's your most successful video, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's the first... And in the annoying way the internet works, when you put something out, it's had a six-year head start on anything you release now yeah. in terms of numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, and that's been the bizarre thing. And, and I think we've had numerous conversations of kind of going you know should we try and capitalize on another parody like that and we've mm. and we've done throwbacks to it on the three-year anniversary we did die die young we did die old which was by kesha and um, okay. and, and that was a three-year anniversary mark. and it's been lovely to go back to those roots but yeah. at the same time the stuff that we've achieved and been able to do because of that parody is kind of mad i think yeah, and, and and we still play it now and and you know, we have to play it last in the same way that yeah. uh, Aerosmith have to play Walk This Way last. Like, yeah. It's mental yeah. that, that we kind of come out and still do it. And people still know the words to that song yes. over hers. And yeah. I think that's amazing. <laughs> <It's crazy. laughs> You're right. I don't know any of the words to the original. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm probably not a best example of a, a Keisha fan or Keisha. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah. Keisha. Yeah. Keisha. The middle class I was, I was thinking, yeah. for most comics, the, there's this kind of like running, a long running theme, I think, that comics want to be rock stars and rock stars secretly want to be comics. Yeah. And you pricks get to do the best of it. <laughs> but, you, uh, but you have this kind of, um, I, was, I was interested to ask about that because obviously what a comic wants to do is having written a brilliant bit, you want them to go, do your bit about staircases or whatever, so yeah, you can go, yeah. oh, I'm just going to rest on my legs and do my own stuff. <laughs> yeah. But presumably a band are thinking, Christ, I don't want to play Walk This Way again, because yeah. I've literally done it three million times. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's a love and hate thing, because I actually personally, whenever I'd go and see a band that I loved kind of back in the day, and maybe it's ten years later or something, if they don't do the old stuff, I kind of think, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Because, yeah. like, at the end of the day, I understand that there has to be progression and, and they have to do that. And, mm. and and I think the thing is, if we were to say, well, what we did on Shtickheads, our second album, kind of, you know, we can't play TikTok because it doesn't work with the ethos of Shtickheads. <laughs> I think it would just sound like an absolute... I mean, it'd be funny to do it in a spoof way, but at the same yeah. time, like, we've never felt that high on a pedestal that we can't break out and do kind of TikTok again. I think mm. I think the thing is, is it's what we owe to bringing the three of us together. Yeah. And and I think yeah. at the end of the day... And, and the cool thing about doing it live which is at playing a live show with music rather than with a comic is it's a lot easier to put variants on it and kind of merge it in with the new sound if we do it on mm. instruments or whatever yeah. mm. and mm. we could always have fun with like we do it we, we uh, quite recently we've been getting back in touch with a lot of the fans with kind of going out and doing dj sets and okay. the fact that we can just break out and do that without having 
dances or instruments or whatever is brilliant. So what what would you do? What would I expect to see if I came along to a Midnight Beast DJ set? Mm. Is there how much of a live show is that? I never know what that means if people no. like DJ set. It basically says I'm not doing the thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do we turn yeah. up and it's you with an MP3 playing? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Yeah. You get a little more people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. actually being able to, to DJ rocking, yeah. rocking up with our iPhone. Yeah. Oh, you, do, okay, you can actually we, yeah, you yeah. Can mix. Yeah. We can do the old mixing. Yeah. Yeah. Who's um, the best mixer out of you three? Probably Steph. Probably Steph yeah. <laughs> um, we, we've more recently, Ash and I kind of got into okay. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we wanted, we were adamant we wanted to sort of learn properly rather yeah. than sort of just have one of us be able to do it and then everyone's just come up, oh, write my check. Exactly, that's it. But amongst that as well, because we, we obviously play a lot of other people's songs, kind of throwback kind of stuff and guilty pleasures. And then we yeah. do um, we do throw in like two or three of our own songs as well and kind of okay. run around out front like with Beastie Boys. So, mm, okay. yeah. That's always fun. Yeah, nice. And we also have like water pistols and kind of like load it up with alcohol. Yeah, oh, which get yeah. confiscated sometimes. Yeah. Which gets yeah. confiscated or they want, you're not going to squirt that in anyone's mouth. Yeah. What else are we going to do with it? But, right? uh, yeah. yeah, and then and then again, it's, we like to kind of take pride in the fact of our DJ set being almost a spoof of the electronic dance music DJ yeah. scene as well. Because yeah, yeah, okay. like, I think everything that's fun to do with what we've managed to do is, is spoofing stuff. And I think the way the boy band stuff is, almost all the boy bands we were pastiching were like JLS and The Wanted. And mm, it's yeah. now this one day Direction phase of five seconds of summer yeah. with instruments and that everything moves so quick yeah. you have to be so on it to kind of spoof a new thing and I think that's... None, none of it is, is ever meant to be serious like it's always no. just been a bit mm-hmm. of a tongue-in-cheek kind of vibe mm. yeah you know, that's, that's a, from down to the DJ set to a normal live set it's just like and is there is there are there any drawbacks to having to kind of follow the 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 pattern of a boy band like one of the ones that I thought most obviously must be like you're getting older. Like, yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, how old are you yeah. guys? Are you in your sort of oh, mid-20s? 26. Oh, 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 oh. you, what's your showbiz age? Showbiz age. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm 28. Okay. Yeah. And we're 26. Yes. Yeah, me and Ash. And we started it when we were 20... Why, why do this to you? 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Good age. So are you... It's an age. So what are the kind of... Are you kind of... Uh, I always wonder if if you're kind of googling the things that go wrong with boy bands, so yeah. that you can be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> say, We've written a watertight contract, yeah. but we all own all the stuff, and you know, yeah. you know really we'll never fall out over the money. Or yeah. Yeah. I wonder, are, are there actually serious kind of drawbacks to like? Have you got to? You know, if you're pastiching music, have you got to listen to a load of music that you're not interested in in order to be able to pastiche it? I mean, to to an extent, I think yeah. we're, we're. I mean, Drew makes a lot of music with beats and and, and, I, and I've always a song written for other artists as well and and so songwriting it always comes from I don't think we could stand up on stage and parody a song that we didn't like the original in a yeah. way and yeah. and to be TikTok I thought was one of the best songs that, that had been out in ages which is to be honest why we did it and we don't do a lot of parodies because we don't love a lot of songs like we did yeah. TikTok and, and I had a real like the creation of that tune was by an amazing songwriter called Dr. Luke and Benny Blanco as well and, and the two of them together made this tune and what it was doing was so different of everything at the time and I think we did that because we were taking the mick out of the contrived kind of thing of the lyrics and her saying all of this and I go out till this time and they were so funny to us but at the same time I love the fact that you know, when we play that live, the beat's amazing. You know, yeah. it sounds great. The melody's so good. And we're just doing the same melody that she does and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And 
And I think that's the thing. Everything that we parody comes from a love of it because we want to be up on stage doing that in yeah. a way. And, and, you know, even down to the dance routines, like, they're things that are so silly, but they're so good. Like, this they is feel it. so, this like... This is what I remember watching you live and, and seeing, like, oh, my God, now they're doing a, you know, a proper choreographed dance yeah. with those guys that run on as yeah. backup dancers yeah. Yeah. and then glitter cannons. And yeah. I'm like, this is the biggest case of have your cake and eat it. And yeah. say, We're just making fun of this stuff. No, you aren't. Yeah. You're doing it. Yeah. No, exactly. That's it. And, and I think that's the thing. It's always come from the love of all that stuff, of doing yeah. it. Otherwise, we yeah. wouldn't be doing it, I think. Yeah. Because we've been doing it and be cringing at, the, at that part of the song. Yeah. And, yeah. and not at all. Yeah. If that answers the question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think so. Let, let's talk about writing then. Let's cool. go back to the original, the, the writing process. Let's, let's stick with ninjas because cool. obviously with TikTok, you know, you're writing to an existing mm. melody, I suppose, and you're, you're writing gags. Maybe they kind of, they appear a bit more easily. Yeah. But with, with, with your own work, when you write a song, what does that look like? Gonna, and I should say at this point, my, uh, of my many, uh, the tracks I enjoy on your last two albums, on your, on your two albums, um, I, none have made me nearly crash the car quite so much as when you're freestyling the secret <laughs> trick. That's amazing. That, Thank honestly, you. I was really crying with laughter. Just, just explain what those tracks are for Oh, me, wicked. Um, yeah, I mean, that's been an ongoing thing since the first, uh, it was the first album. First album I feel yeah. like we've done three. No, we've only done two. Yeah, no, um, yeah, it was the first album we decided that we wanted to do a kind of freestyle rap parody and a secret track that basically at the end of the tenth song there'd be a two minute gap and then the, the yeah. final track would come in. Yeah. And and so basically Drew and I made this beat and we each go in the booth for five we, we all write two when lines you say go on our the phone. Booth, you mean go under your bunk bed. Under my bunk bed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we, yeah. we, we we write two lines on our phone. Like best we I think we normally give ourselves like two minutes. It's almost a game, two minutes to come up with the best lines we can. Yeah. Okay. Then we'll use them probably for the first four seconds yeah. and then just completely go off topic uh, for, for about five minutes each mm. and then me and Drew will painstakingly sit there and edit all of the best bits basically yeah. ah, there's a lot of um, oh Oh, those um, are the bits that made me laugh yeah, yeah, yeah. what yeah. I loved so about that leave, like, it was really vulnerable wicked. because you can clearly hear someone who can't freestyle yeah, yeah. really having a solid go <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's it and, and that's that and with, it's so nice because all the other tracks are so you know written and yeah. produced and they're the ones that are the improv kind of ones of I feel it. like that's why we give ourselves a couple of minutes just to literally wean ourselves in to kind of just so we're not from the get go going oh fuck all right. yeah. Yes, exactly. like, I've got a couple of lines and now I'm on my own right okay what am I going to do yeah and there's a lovely one where you like you just start naming things around the room (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally naming stuff around the room (laughs) (laughs) and I leave them with a laugh as well we sort of hear people tackling in the background yeah man that's great so so if you're not freestylers when you're writing what does that look like in the room when you're like okay we're going to sit down and write a new track it's it's been different for everyone numerous things we've had yeah a lot of the more singy musical like we we had uh, well no so yeah starting with ninjas I mean that was actually before Ash got involved yeah. that was pre-TikTok yeah, and okay. that was Drew and I we just loved that was really the first time we'd ever looked at doing comedy music as it were yeah. I think. and pastiche in the genre really we yeah. made a sort of weird hip hop kind of beat almost drop it like it's hotty kind yeah, of thing and, okay. and so we were just playing with that but I mean and what we did there which we still do now is normally come up with a concept first and and that one was us being out 
in kind of clubs like Mahiki and stuff like that, and not having money to buy drinks, and seeing these tables flowing with alcohol, so just sticking our <laughs> hand over and taking the drinks and, and yeah, walking away. It's theft. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is the nice middle-class boys version <laughs> of slinging rock on the corner, isn't it? <laughs> basically. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Exactly. <laughs> and so that was the concept for ninjas. So, I mean, we'll always, we'll normally have the concept first and then... And then we'll go away and create a beat that we can shout over for two days, basically. And and normally the enjoyment of just kind of throwing rhythms over a beat, you, you end up kind of funneling through kind of ideas of where each verse could go and what rhythms okay. could do. Yeah. And, then, and then we'll start the process of being like, well, it really suits Ash's voice to do this bit or it really suits Drew's to do that. And what we do, a lot of the early songs had the, the same kind of format where it was almost like, I'd have a verse, then we'd all do the chorus, then Drew would have a verse, we'd all do the chorus, Ash would do the bridge, we'd all do the chorus, then we're out kind okay. of thing. And, and and so a lot of the time that format helped us, but as we started getting more confident with writing together, we'd start throwing that away. And mm. Like, Friends for Never, you weren't even there, yeah. Ash came round. And... and I decided, because I can't rap, but I'm trying, obviously. Um, <laughs> I'm from a musical like theatre uh, background, so I wanted to kind of like do a more, more of a musical one, like Friends for Never and Walk With Us and yeah. that kind of thing, so I could actually sing on the track. And I remember, yeah, um, I remember us writing Friends for Never and just uh, creating it more to kind of like my voice and actually yeah. singing, yeah. so that was cool. Same with I'm So Manly, I, I came yeah. around and these guys have pretty much written the whole song. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of went for it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Really I'll get my clown makeup on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to stand behind a window looking sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's been the fun thing about it. We've always, and with the TV show as well, with, with the first series there were a few songs that we needed to write additionally and then with the second one it was pretty much from scratch yeah, yeah. and we'd sit down with the scripts and go alright well this script it would be nice if it's about Ash going solo so it'd be really nice to have a sad song or it'd be really nice to have one yeah. where we've all got back together and stuff yeah, and, yeah. And, and that would be the same process to be honest just what's the funniest idea and I remember more often than not there'd be a script idea and we'd come back and we'd go we can't come up with anything for that script idea scrap it but we've got this song let's write a script around this yeah. kind of and because I think the music always did the talking in the TV show yeah. and, and I think that's something that we found with most of the career it has yeah, yeah. it's kind of where our where we sit on the sort of fine line between comedy and music as well is I think obviously because Steph and I have had the sort of background in music. Well, and obviously Ash was singing. And this, yeah. Yeah, this was the Brit School. Did you both go to that? Or that was just, just me. Okay. Yeah. I, I, me and Ash met at Sylvia Young um, doing kind of performing arts, more musical theatre okay. background of stuff. And, and Ash carried that on through into yeah, college. Yeah. Mm. And then I 
went to the Brit school and and did a lot more of the production side of stuff okay. and and then from leaving that Drew and I started bands and you went to drum tech went literally to just studied what, drums what was drum tech is that all right just okay, literally so drum, drum school, school played drums okay. down the road five I know from here two, oh, nice. two streets down yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and we and, and then yeah Drew and I went on tour um, with our mates band Hadouken and, and we'd we'd play a lot of just normal shows and, and got to see the academies and all that side of it mm. and in our band the Click Click that was and got quite close to that world and the Click Click was really tongue in cheek as well like we had a song called My Dunks which was kind of a modern day blue suede shoes about night dunks and, and what they meant to a guy and his girlfriend kind of having a go at him because he was obsessed with them and, and they all were, were quite tongue in cheek as well but it was a little more musical and okay. and I think that was the thing that got us excited about the Midnight Beast we were like we can make the track sound wicked and we can make the melodies sound catchy and and like kind of satisfying but then you can sneak these really bad jokes in as well yeah. and like some of them bad because they're so filthy and some of them bad because they're just terrible jokes but they're so much funnier when you sing them and, yeah. and I think that was the fun we had with it <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. that's, yeah, that's why of... Family Guy and that like, get away with it in South Park because it's, it's, it's very musical theatre based really yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Mm, yeah, because yeah. we've never we've never sort of come out and been like we're sort of comedians or no. really ever kind of been comfortable uh, on a sort of funny basis. I mean, as we said earlier, as long as we sort of make each other laugh and our friends laugh, that's always been our our sort of like point of knowing we're on the right lines. But yeah. you know, coming from that music background and and sometimes the start of writing our song will be from like a beat or something. So it's always kind of adding the comedy at a, at a later point and kind of mm. picking a line that's actually that's really funny or mm-hmm. you know coming up with the concept you know like sort of lesbian friends you know if a girl isn't fancy she's a lesbian like it's so sort of stupid but behind mm. a sort of kind of electro kind of beat it was kind of masked it was a bit more subtle but yeah. your your best songs i think really work as songs they've got repeat value which mm-hmm. i think is something that a lot of comedy songs don't have great yeah, yeah. And it, it reminds me of uh, i mean i'm a huge fan of lonely island yeah and i, I think clearly you are too yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's something about that the way that their production is so absolutely first rate it's oh, as yeah. well produced as anything on the radio yeah. yeah and actually what you find is that you well I, I i don't know maybe you have a similar experience but i kind of i hear one of their songs the jokes make me laugh mm, yeah. i go back to it because the jokes make me laugh yeah, yeah. the third fourth time i've heard it i realize i'm playing it because i actually like this yeah like yeah. i have yeah. no interest in rihanna and yeah. then after Shine Ronnie Part yeah, 2, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I think yeah. you're a Rihanna fan. Yeah, 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 no, that's yeah. it. You, you, and, and I think, and I mean, they are partnering up with, um, like, like I'm on a Boat is produced by one of the biggest hip-hop producers. And, and, and like, all their stuff is done by those top-tier songwriters. Mm, yeah. and, and, and I mean, they're, and then they're coming in and delivering those incredible SNL jokes as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the dream team kind of thing. And, and we always came from the kind of even more lo-fi kind of Lonely Island thing because we were doing all that stuff ourselves yeah. just from a yeah. love of hip-hop. As <laughs> we can afford it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we can do it. But, yeah, exactly. I think that's the thing as well. It's kind of, we've got these sort of fairly mundane, sort of quite amateur and silly lyrics. Um, and then we kind of like pride ourselves in, you know, building quite a, a nice beat behind it. And I kind of feel like, Although sometimes we use the odd silly sound effect, like in Friends of Never, there's like awful kind of penny whistle yeah. thing we use yeah. in the melody, which is perfect, and I couldn't imagine anything else. But I think sometimes, because we have quite a lo-fi sensibility in our editing and our videos, I think if the beat was equally as lo-fi, I don't think it would have as, its impact, and I don't no. think it would be as strong. Whereas 
because we you know we built these kind of like quite hard hitting beats or or you know kind of guitar-y tracks mm. i think it's it's got that level of you know it's that fine blend really you can listen to it as you were saying like lonely island as a mm-hmm. as a track where you're just nodding your head to and then you're actually yeah. kind of laughing yeah but... no exactly and and that's been a common thing because we're better song creators and producers than we are uh directors and filmmakers mm. and and uh, but then the editing, I, I think, like works hand in hand with the production because they're quite similar things in the creation of a song and the creation yeah, you can of a... to the beat. And stuff exactly, well. that's it, and and that's why it always makes sense for me that the producer should be the editor in a way as well because in a way you've made that track with that drum beat, so why wouldn't you cut to it as well? Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. and 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 that's something that's always worked for us. And um, there's a weird thing that I've noticed with a lot of stuff where if you watch a really lo-fi video where, where the track sounds lo-fi like you're saying it you, it looks a lot more lo-fi than one with a track that's a bit more buffed with, with up the same video yeah, yeah. And, I see what you mean, and yeah and I feel like I feel like there's an element of kind of you almost you, you're kind of hearing what you're seeing and you're seeing what you're hearing and, yeah. and they, there's a way that they partner up which is really interesting and, and I think we saw that with the production value of there's a lot of YouTube videos that I don't know how the kids are like getting the camera quality they get. We've mm-hmm. never been good at lighting or okay. cameras yeah. or that technicality of focusing and stuff. But with uh, where a lot of them let themselves down with a lot of the parody acts on YouTube, especially is is the track. The, the video looks incredible, but the track itself doesn't sound as yes. good. Yeah. And yes. I think that you cannot get away with. But if no. the video looks pretty bad and the track's really good, you've yes. got a better base. You, could, you can look. shoot the whole thing in a car park on a shopping trolley yeah. if it sounds like it's been yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird partnership. And I, I mean, I think, definitely the few. There's the odd exception with you know I know sketch group. I think there's even a Lonely Island song where. It's the two guys one that we're just two guys and we're having a good time and like yeah. the beat's quite mundane and there's not much to it and that kind of works because I guess it's the sort of mm. point of the song but yeah like I think yeah but the, but the microphone quality is great and the it just those yeah, little yeah, yeah, things yeah. that people don't care about sure but it just maybe like, we're just massive music geeks I think so. well, we're using yeah. a mic yeah, yeah. 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 Well, well, this yeah. is interesting because I think what there's clearly something that sets you apart from a lot of the other people out there who are doing something similar. And I have to say that not all of them are hugely on my radar. I mean, right. I know that, like you say, a lot of YouTube parody acts. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that's a genre, yeah. isn't it? That's, yeah. a, that's like a, a whole thing. Yeah. Um, but so do you think what sets you apart is the fact that you have this kind of musical background? It certainly sounds like it, that you I go, so. actually, you're making so. decisions based on the decisions a DJ, an editor and a producer would make, whereas yeah. 99% of other parody acts are trying to get a cop joke in, yeah. you know, trying yeah. to rhyme a yeah. certain word or something. Well, yeah, I, I think there's a certain... We've always tried to have quality control, and I think in a big way that's let us down with with building subscriber counts and the kind of things that YouTube yeah. is really important with and, and is often a reason why we don't always... Uh, we're not always as involved with the YouTube community as maybe we should be, I think, because, yeah, okay. because YouTube is about quantity. And, and I think we've always tried to make the best, and we've scrapped a lot of songs. We've scrapped a lot of videos and stuff because we always feel like if you don't end up with the best possible way of selling a joke, then there's just no point putting it up. And, yeah, yeah. and, and there is often a, if you don't have a video up every week, you're going to lose your subscribers. And we understand that world, but it's hard to fix. It's definitely it. the quality because a lot of the parody acts out there feel like their lyrics are just kind of not really thought about and they just mm. kind of like 
do what is in the actual video, the actual yeah. music yeah, video, yeah. and just take the piss out of the music video. Whereas I think we try and find a different angle on something, and if it's mm. not a different angle and it's not you know yeah. a lot different, then it's yeah. like what's the I point? I think as well. I mean, obviously, so if you guys disagree, but I think yeah. for me as well, I think it it will draw the fun out of it as well. I think because it is like a constant, like every week, it's got to be a new video and. Mm. Sometimes, like, I know my brain's not that quick at, you know, thinking of ideas, and sometimes that can be a drawback. But I think, yeah, if you're, if you're pressured to doing that every other week, yeah, it's kind of like, I'd, I would rather be really, really happy with a video or, or a video or something, a song or something, and let that kind of breathe and let that kind of be a discussion that people enjoy it rather than like, oh, by the way, here's the next one. Like, I've only just seen that one. Like a factory. I mean? I yeah. Kind of yes. wanna... I think the lyrics get lazy. That's what yeah, the lyrics yeah. like. They're just like, we, we churn this out every week and we know we're going to get this amount of hits. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what we put out. It's mm, not me just mm. being at us, but I'm just saying like, I've seen some stuff and it's yeah. just like, what's yeah, the point yeah. really? You, you know you're going to get a million views per week. Mm. But your quality of it is just yeah. it's poor. It's yeah. poor. Yeah, I mean, and this is a, this is fascinating. This is a conversation I haven't had before. I would no. say out of out of all the people I've interviewed, you've probably got one of the biggest internet presences, apart from like someone maybe like Bo Burnham or something. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, but uh, but it's amazing to hear you go. Oh, the thing is, we're not very good at YouTube. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But and and that is the same with Bo Burnham, and that that's interesting. Like even even with Bo Burnham's got an insane following yeah, yeah. and especially he's really translated to the comedy world as well yeah. and but Bo Burnham is one of the least prolific YouTubers out there I yeah. mean and but all his stuff on YouTube is incredible and and I think and I think and it is not a thing on all YouTubers of, of genres because there's this whole gaming model like PewDiePie and KSI yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and they are great and they found a way gaming videos are easy to create and and they and they the biggest thing on youtube yeah like mm-hmm. i mean minecraft has half the views of youtube yeah. just minecraft videos oh yeah, my god and you can you, you can genuinely put that out there with really good quality every week yeah. but writing a song directing a music yeah. video then editing it to, to a good standard yes you couldn't do it I think okay. and and I think we realised that quite early on are we going to start a gaming channel just to stay in touch with our fans mm. no like because mm-hmm. like I just don't think we tried it we and we've tried it a lot but but the thing is, is did you, you try a gaming channel we did yeah we we, 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 no, we tried the idea yeah, yeah, we thought yeah. about it yeah, yeah. but yeah, 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 yeah we never yeah. put it up there we sure. filmed something <laughs> but, but yeah. like but just because you may as well put the time into like writing and stuff yeah. and, and uh-huh. we've always been keen to translate out of YouTube as well as be involved in YouTube and we haven't been afraid to say that and I think some people feel like it's one or the other or yeah. you're dead to us kind of thing I mean, YouTube's over like a sort of full time job or it's like just a sort of fun creative thing and we've we've been really fortunate that our early videos gave us a platform and the sort of fan base mm. and I think we we have taken it a bit more like a, a band would a record with a record label like yeah. putting it out when they've written it and when they've done it whereas as we're sort of getting as a lot of YouTubers will just kind of I film something cool I'm going to whack it up I'm going to whack it up I'm going to whack yeah. it up and I think for us it would just it would just saturate and take the fun it's, out of it really. it's interesting as well because in, in terms of like a long term strategy the first thing that made me think is um, well that's quite that's really smart because you're you're kind of going look we don't want to be tied to YouTube forever mm. but at the same time maybe 20 years from now YouTube is going to be all there is yeah, yeah. Exactly. you've got a sense right. yeah. of like, exactly. trying to predict the future and going, like for me it would not, I'm certainly of an era where no the important thing is to drive up and down motorways gigging every night of the <laughs> yeah, week yeah, 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 yeah. it's hilarious yeah. to you and why wouldn't it be yeah. you can be in a studio <laughs> uploading stuff and making money and yeah. you know making you know providing a live platform for yourself you mm. guys don't 
don't need to do mm. the circuit. No. Do you, know I mean? you don't need yeah. to go and headline a commercial comedy club in front of, you know, stag dudes because you've got, you retain the, yeah. you know, the, the means of production, if you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so what do you anticipate happening in the future of TV production? I mean, I, I think even seeing yeah. like 4OD changing to all four and now they're advancing shows on that before they're on Channel 4 and you can download them to your devices now and the way that that has changed with us being involved in Channel 4 and we were one of the first acts that um, most of our like most of our viewing on Channel 4 was on 4OD, 4OD yeah. Yeah. And, and they were saying that was that was the first time they'd seen that and and seeing them progress to that and, and them kind of being like, you know, well, we're going to give the internet users the exclusives rather than the TV users is already a telltale sign that it's mm. going into that kind of like, we don't want TV when you schedule it. We want TV when we want it scheduled yes. kind of yeah. thing. And, yeah. and we will, I want to watch it at a time I can watch it. So I think it's going to stop people all crowding around and watching something maybe together and at the same time, which, which is a good and a bad thing, I think. And I mean, I think YouTube, yeah, it's stuff... Because YouTube, a lot with the vlogging as well, it's TV shows that people feel like are being made just for them and they can get them every week. And that's why that quantity really works for YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And, and why we haven't... Sorry, even, yeah. sorry, and why we yeah. haven't always suited YouTube too, I think, yeah. in, in a big way too. No, it just appeals to people that have busy life. Busy lives, really, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. It's just so immediate for those sort of people. Like, I, I can't think of the last time I sat down and just watched TV without knowing I'm going to watch this because it's there on Planner and on Sky. And mm. yeah. I think YouTube or the internet in general is going to be the biggest thing, really. I think yeah, and it's going to die out. Apart from I don't know Sky when they have so much money they can just blow on like Game of Thrones and they know yes. people are going to watch. But that. I wonder, will they keep yeah. having that income stream from subscribers it's when true. people are like yeah. actually we can get it for free? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's getting to a point where it's like the view count thing just doesn't really matter anymore no I'm always quite I think the word cynical where you know I'll, I'll sort of watch something that might be quite bad and uh, everyone's sort of going about, oh how many views it's got and I was like yeah but it's because aren't, people aren't enjoying it it's because it's terrible and they want to show friends oh look at this terrible yes. bit and I kind of feel mm. like the view count is sort of almost going out the window it doesn't really necessarily matter whereas I think with, fortunately for us when we started it it was a, it was a big deal and it, it still obviously is a thing yeah. but I kind of think it will get to the point where the internet sort of platform and media like YouTube will will be the sole thing. Yeah. But I think that the whole revenue and revenue stream and the view counts will will be a completely different different thing. Mm. But yeah. it's, it's weird, like for music videos and all that, which we found out with our last campaign, mm. like to be played on radio. Something that's a big kind of like thing is like view counts on music videos. If you don't have over a certain amount, they just don't, they wouldn't even kind of like take mm. it into like, mm. I don't know, consideration of playing your songs. There has to be a bit of a drive behind it. So I'm not yeah. sure. I mean, it works for yeah. both. Yeah. So, you, so you can, you've had a campaign, as you put it, to try yeah. and get your stuff on radio. Has yeah. that been successful? Yeah. And luckily we have because yeah. of like our connections with different radio people that are behind it. But yeah. then. With certain songs, like ones that we have wanted to be played, they're like, well, it's only got like 300,000 views. So it's like, what's the point in us kind of like being behind that? It's like, what's on, the magic are... number in order yeah, to I take I it know. to a... I, I think it's it in the millions. I mean, yeah. it, it, every time, if it's not over a million, I think people look away now. And now yeah. that Psy took it to a billion and stuff, yes. I mean, you know, and I think Sia is quite, quite close to that with Chandelier, with mm. the, you know, that the, there's those videos now. I think the numbers thing's totally different yeah. now. And, and 
Yeah, uh, yeah. And you can buy views, that's the thing. Like, record yeah. companies can buy views. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, you can How buy... How do you do that? Do you... <laughs> we don't <laughs> we know. We don't know, but, right, I mean, it happens. You can see it happens with certain, like, the likes are such a, a small kind of, like, number compared to the amount of views. Yeah, so up. you can buy and views but not likes. Yes. Think, so yes. they're not a sensible proportion. Yeah, that's so it's like a video reality. could have, like, 65 million views, but the like count could be, like, 10,000. Then it doesn't make sense to kind of, that like, yeah, the, the ratio. first time I've heard that. That, yeah. that'd be a thing I only found out like a year or two ago you could buy Twitter followers yeah, yeah. and uh, and obviously those that's kind of you can find out if someone's done that fairly easily because they've all got robot yeah. names but presumably yeah. by now they haven't they've yeah. got realistic ones and actual photos scraped from Facebook yeah so what happens when you can buy likes as well I wonder yeah I, I wonder I mean it's, we're probably it's... there already <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hacking into YouTube for that have part. you actually got any fans wait a minute yeah. 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 this entire thing a joke oh, yeah. Yeah. oh my god but, but that's that's been going on from day one. I, yeah. I remember when Drew and I started gigging when we were kind of 15, 16, and I, I, no, and even younger, 14, 15, and stuff like MySpace would be the same. Yeah. Venues would book bands based on their MySpace followers. And I remember a band we used to gig with a lot, and they didn't have any fans, and they used to buy their MySpace things, and it was quite widely known. Mm. But they got pretty big in the circuit because of that, and it gave them the platform to play the shows, and then and then they kind of and got then when seen. they played the shows, people were there and they got seen, and then exactly. they did use that to buy. Okay, that's it. Yeah, and it was mm. it was quite interesting that world of it. So it's been happening since since day one, and and it, I'm sure it happened before the internet in ways as well. I think it's you know. Is there yeah. is there like a I could imagine you revealing there's a secret fourth member that never comes to interviews <laughs> that's, that's the YouTube kind of YouTube, virality yeah, yeah, puppet no. master. I'm, uh, I, I wish. Sadly, there isn't. We have to do it all ourselves, and that's yeah. why sometimes we have not. Well, we have kind of neglected certain parts of yeah. the internet, really, like especially social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We don't have the time to kind of like constantly upload kind of like statuses and different content, and right. so sometimes it. Uh, I know the views for things are smaller because we haven't got that connection with the fans constantly because we're making yeah. TV shows as well and we've got other projects that we can't mm. focus all our time on YouTube. That's why YouTubers do so well because they they only focus on YouTube. Yeah. Like when we did the E4 show, we could see the, the numbers dwindle sometimes with different music videos because we didn't have that connection. Yeah. And we try mm. to keep it, but it's hard when you've got so many different things going on at the same time. When it comes to trying to promote yourself on YouTube and get the subscribers such as you can, mm. do you have a strategy? Are you taking advice from anyone or are you just kind of blindly foraging in the dark going, maybe this will work? I, occasionally. I mean, th- there's yeah. ways that we've learned, like, you know, it might make sense to upload a video in the evening because people aren't at work but then some some people are like oh no it's good when it, when they're at work because they're all gonna look or when they're at school or whatever and it's just we've navigated blindly uh, really That's exactly good. what you said yeah i mean we've had advice from people and and we've talked about bringing on someone that runs the youtube bring it on and and we've we've had days of using that but it's never worked for us in a big way because I think a lot of the time if you pay someone to do that you've still got to send them what the Midnight Beast would say before they put it up so yeah. you may as well just do it yourself and yeah and it's interesting depending what country you're uploading your videos from you'll get more views and more subscribers like Norway is quite um, a, a big country for vloggers to move to because they know they'll get more of a view count from people just focusing on their videos it's really mm. weird and different times how does that so PewDiePie is the biggest thing on YouTube his yeah. vlogs or his, his uh, yeah his reviews. videos yeah, his yeah, yeah. reviews but it's because of the country it's really weird like 
is uh, my friend Zach has explained it to me. A lot of vloggers have moved to Norway mm. because they know they're going to get a higher view count over there. Wow. Um, and why is why is that? I, I, I think it's, it's to, in terms of pers- pop percentage of the population yes I think yeah it's weird I forgot he explained it exactly what it was <laughs> but it is you get more views in Norway than you would in America because I suppose there's, there's a bigger population in America all trying to do YouTube videos okay. whereas like in Norway if you make it big you will make Does it, it a lot bigger settings when, when you what, what, it's what's in the right hand column yeah, so yes. it's the origin yeah. of where you are and where yeah. you uploaded it I guess mm. yeah it's a really okay. weird thing but there are, it's down Maybe to like to yeah, <laughs> but those sort of things actually matter now when uploading stuff to YouTube like depending where you're uploading it and what countries and all that kind of yeah. thing so but we haven't done any of that that's, that's the point we've done it blindly so yeah. we can talk about money in a coded way, if you'd like. But I'd be fascinated to know, at how many hits did you start? What does it translate to financially in terms... Oh, you don't need to say a number. No. But at what point do you start going, hang on a minute, we can quit our day jobs? To be or honest, did you have day jobs? Yeah, we had day jobs. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, to be honest, we were never that wise to, like, the internet revenue stream business. I mean... Still not really. No, oh, yeah. I, I remember occasionally, maybe, like, in... The TikTok kind of like uh, TikTok and maybe six months after that with those kind of hits. I remember there'd be like 200 pounds through the door every month from Google or something. Okay. And, but I mean, that didn't carry on and it's certainly not around yeah. now. <laughs> and, and I mean, and and that and that wasn't like a call to kind of quit our day jobs. It was more when we got wise to the idea that we could basically release these songs on iTunes and essentially have our own record label through this amazing company called TuneCore. It was more when we started doing that that we got to the stage. And merchandise, that's how we made the money. Yeah. Really from shows and, you know, people want to wear the Midnight Beast t-shirts and we made loads of different designs and all that kind of thing. That's where it kind of kicked off. Exactly. And we always chose to keep an ownership. My my dad um, ran a record label, Sounds Like Good, and my mum runs the Midnight Beast shop. And, okay. and yeah, and Ashley's parents have always done our calendar shoots mm-hmm. and and photo shoots, and you don't want to talk about yours. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but um, but Always yeah, well. but and and that's always majorly helped the Midnight Bees and keep it what it is as well because you know it sounds like a joke, but it really is how it works as yeah, well. Yeah. And I think, yeah. and I think that's and actually in the early days we didn't even used to get the merch printed until it was ordered. So we used a company, I think they were called Spreadshirt. Yeah, and so, yeah. and what they do is they'd essentially, you'd, set, you'd upload a JPEG, which we'd designed, and then someone would order it, and then they'd order yeah, it from the website, demand, and yeah. then yeah. it's yes, printed. Yeah. And that was very easy. And, and we got massive numbers from that, got a lot of merch companies offering us deals, and we said, you know what, amazing, thank you for the for the offer but we're going to set up our own shop yeah. you've just like inspired us to do it so so we, we <laughs> thanks, for the, yeah, thanks for the idea <laughs> <laughs> bye but um, and then yeah we just rented a space made the Midnight Beast HQ where the studio and the, the shop is and everything and, and does that still exist you've got the that, HQ that, okay. yeah that, that exists and it, and it sounds a lot more glamorous than it is but, <laughs> but um, essentially yeah. just somewhere to record demos yeah. um, and somewhere to sell to stock the t-shirts really yeah. okay. um, and that's always been very lo-fi and and that, that's where other bands may give a cut to somebody to do that for them we've gone you know what this is going to take a little more time out our day and and may mean that we have one less youtube video online yeah. but it means that we get ownership and, and we get to design the t-shirts ourselves yeah. and all that stuff which yeah. is great mm-hmm. 
So when did you make the leap to performing live? That when was, did you like as the Midnight Beast when once yeah. TikTok was up? What was the bread? What was the the, the, the gap between that yeah. and you starting to go? Hang on, let's invite loads of people and do a gig. It was really quick because yeah. we actually got. I, I mentioned we used to tour with our friends Hadouken, um, yeah. and they, they're they're a fairly they had a huge online following, and they I've were. Heard, part, I believe I've heard one of their songs, and it's like screaming, shouting. Yeah, they were part of the the new rave yeah. genre that yeah. which was big it was it was kind of in 2007 maybe it yeah. was and it, they, they were a MySpace band essentially yeah. what people talk about Arctic Monkeys and Hadouken in the same sentence yes. for kind of making it on MySpace and whereas we were this YouTube act and, yeah. and it was weird seeing that almost our careers in parallel all being mates mm. and um, they asked us to invite uh, they invited us to open for them at Coco okay. in London and the week before that as well, we went to a show of a band called Cobra Starship, who were big at the time, and we went to Shepherd's Bush Empire, not knowing that a couple of years later we'd be playing it as well. Yeah. And and we we managed to kind of creep into the VIP section and watch the show from up, up there, because the band had invited us along. The one point, the cr- whole crowd turned around to us and started singing TikTok parody, <laughs> and we'd never ever seen that. And then, and it was absolutely mad. And a week later, we went on stage opening for Hadouken, all shitting ourselves. You never doing a, a no. rock show, no. and and us suddenly having the whole crowd singing the words back to us and being like, oh my God. And then, yeah. and then a couple of weeks after that, we went down, well, it was uh, maybe a month after that, we went down to the Great Escape Festival in Brighton and we'd been put on, not even part of the festival, just yeah. Relentless had a, had a stage uh, in front of the Green Donut in Brighton. Okay. And um, we watched the band there before playing to a handful of people and yeah, we were all just having a pint. No one was there. Yeah. They then wheeled away the PA and set up a rubbish PA. Even smaller. Even smaller. And then this one before it wasn't. And we went off to kind of get changed in my dad's car that was covered in birds. Just just like really embarrassed, putting on our jackets and getting our swords and stuff. Came back, there were 2,000 kids on Brighton Beach. And I mean, it was... getting more security and everything. And it was just mad. We we had a wall of uh, five security guards holding these girls and and, and guys. And and then we had... uh, where the where the donut is, it, it curves around. It's almost a pier on the beach. Yes. People were climbing up and standing on the shoulders. It was absolutely insane. And that was the first time we'd ever played the Midnight Beast show, yeah, in a way. Sure. Like, six songs. I mean, th- well, there's three songs. Three, three or four songs. songs. Yeah. 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 yeah was, and then I presumably we, a black Rolls Royce pulled up. <laughs> and a guy got out with a cigar. <laughs> it was it with a 50. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it was so funny, because we had to be escorted through all these thousands of kids. And, you know, with a record label, a massive Merc would turn up, and they were like, Get in the van, yeah. but it's your dad's car with burn through on it. Just <laughs> around, like, getting quick. Yeah. Like, we got in, we yeah. drove around the block. Kids went were in chasing hotel. after the car. There's yeah. this guy who had, um, was his arm broken? He, he had his arm in the car. <laughs> yeah, and, and he then he fell over. And he fell over. And then his fell down. As he was sort of <laughs> driving about, trying to chase the van. Oh my God. The van covered in shit. I mean, it was yeah. <laughs> it was literally <laughs> bad for And that was when we kind of realised that the view count on... TikTok and yes. by then probably ninjas and let's be friends actually yeah. meant something that there were people there that would come and see us yes. live. Well, numbers on a screen like amazing, but it doesn't mean anything until they're standing there. Or, yeah. And then and that was a free show, and then we we went on then tour. We charged them. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, but then, yeah, too. Right? <laughs> yeah. But then but then you know we still we we 
we still kept everything very lo-fi and put on our own tour, uh, a headline tour, and sold that out. And and then we played Coco. So when you say we put on our own tour and you kept it kind of homemade, is it you yeah. ringing around venues and going, we've no, got no, millions no, of no, we had no, bookers there. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we had bookers with it. But again, we said to them, this is the, the price we want to charge. And, and we, we managed to... Because, you know, we had the, the, the numbers on YouTube. It gave us a lot of control walking into those meetings. Well, we started to create control, whereas they did all the sort of legwork in terms of venues and yeah. sizes, but we very much said, like, this is the show we want to put on. They came down to the rehearsal room and, and saw the show that we, we pretty much performed to them just to kind of say, this is what it is. Yeah. This is what we want to do. Because it was very much a rock slash cabaret show. We, yeah. We'd mm-hmm. run off to the side of the stage, put on different costumes and city mm-hmm. props. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had to have, like, little, it sounds deverish, but, you know, wing requirements just so that we could, like, change mm-hmm. and then yeah. run back on. So, <laughs> and and, and we, we, we tried the idea when we were doing it live of kind of having, like, sketchy bits almost. And it just didn't... It, because what they want is a rock game. what they yeah, want is yeah, a rupture yeah, yeah. they, they want to just scream back the songs and, and that's all we wanted to you know we're not improv comedy guys and it, in between songs we all get kind of shy and a little introvert and like but <laughs> and the, they love that yeah. <laughs> look how shy they are <laughs> but then shy when yeah but then when the beat comes on we just kind of come in and, and do our thing and, and that's what made sense so we just kept it that after okay, a while yeah, and, yeah. And, and yeah was mad but awesome. but in yeah to answer the question it was probably about a, a month after tiktok went up that we did that coco yeah. show and then we started headlining festival tents which was kind of that was the craziest thing really like yeah. t4 at the beach uh we headlined the smaller stage but like yeah. forty thousand people were there wasn't it, it was, it was, it was like twenty thousand or something yeah. crazy yeah. and then we headlined the festival republic tent at reading and leeds and that's when it was i think that was my favorite show to yeah. be honest yeah like the tent was completely packed and i mean uh, that was bizarre doing yeah. that and like what we had a mosh pit on one uh, we were playing house party which was one of our songs we did a bit of bbc it was like, bbc comedy it was about the election yeah, it was about yeah. The election. yeah. Yes. we were running our own party and we had kids moshing and making a mosh circle yeah. to Nick Clegg Nick Clegg Nick Clegg <laughs> yeah. and they're just, and just, and just each other up we were sort of doing that politics. based off a video that we put up you know a, a couple of years back there was a parody of which if of you have TikTok. seen it it's not violent whatsoever yeah. no. <laughs> there's no violence in it it's just, it's just very bizarre kind of headlining yeah. the Festival Republic at Reading and Leeds yeah having put up a TikTok parody really yeah. that kind yeah. of led to yeah. it you know what I mean? just we're, I'm aware that we're running low on time so cool. there's a couple of three things left I want to hit yeah. uh, one is that one of your YouTube videos is you performing at the Edinburgh Fringe in the BBC comedy tent so yes. near silence yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. wanted to ask you about that because yeah. up until this point like a question I've kept wanting to ask for the last hour is yeah. is there any part of your life or work that isn't 100% fun <laughs> do you know what I mean you just seem yeah. to have just nailed this on all, on all levels I mean it seemed to me like you'd been put in the wrong kind of show for you yeah I mean th- that happens quite often we really prefer being the comedy act in a music festival rather than the music act in a comedy festival yes, okay. we love comedy and and it's amazing hanging out with comedians. And we went to Montreal just for last festival mm-hmm. and we're hanging out with, with, with all our mates now and, and they're all comedians and we feel insane to be a part of it. And mm. But then when we go on stage, a comedy audience don't always want music, whereas sure. a music audience love the light relief of comedy. And yes, we, okay. we like sticking out on the bill and 
And I think a lot of the time being the musical act on a comedy isn't the right sticking out, whereas the other way around, it's something interesting. And yes, th- yeah. there's just something, it's not even to do with comedy fans, it's just to do with people that are in the mu- mood for music yeah, and yeah. loud yeah. noises. And we did a few nights at the other belly as well, that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. particular festival mm-hmm. that year, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, that sold out. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. But the fans were kind of like jumping up and down. If you see the other belly, it's all seated still. Yes, but yeah, yeah, they yeah, had yeah. to get security in to like tell them to sit down. Yeah, yeah. 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 You will yeah. break the venue. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But at the end, everyone was still jumping around yeah, and everything, yeah, and they just yeah. went, oh, fuck it, just let them do what they want. And when yeah. We like the chaos. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I think it's a kind, of, kind of like an energy thing, because obviously we're, when we do a live show, it's predominantly to a standing-up rock show, so yeah. if we're playing to a seated audience, we kind of burst out, and it's like, way, and then it's kind of like, okay, we've really got to overly kind of like, yeah, tone s- you know, tone the yeah. songs and stuff. But. Yeah, it, it just... It works because, you know, we don't want people analysing every move we're doing. We want them enjoying themselves in the moment. And I think we don't want the audience to be too comfortable because that's not what a, what a rock show is about. And, sure. and that's why we've always really suited festivals and suited standing venues. And I think mm. that often isn't something that goes hand in hand with comedy. And, and that's where it's been interesting to walk the line. I think. So going back to the very beginning of our conversation, we were talking about your new work with Comedy Central. Yes. And it's, it's going to be the first thing you've done with no songs in it. Yeah. Yeah. So is yeah. that a deliberate decision on your part to go, oh, we've had enough of smashing it at festivals? No, I mean, so basically we often felt like um, we wouldn't have enough time between writing music for TV and writing music for radio and, okay. and YouTube. They often don't always translate on both levels, I don't think. If, if, if you're writing a song for, for a TV show, as we discussed earlier, you want to push a narrative forward. That doesn't work so well if you don't have the visual and you're listening to it on the radio or if you're watching it out of, out of context on YouTube. So what we've decided to do for the next kind of phase of The Midnight Beast is to separate the two so that the music is really good and you can listen to it and get it. You can watch the YouTube video and get it. But And it's not particularly part of a TV show. But then a TV show that is equally as good, that doesn't need to rely on music being the call to the gags. But this, the, the TV show we've been writing at the moment has been where the script is saying, you know, the pop culture gags that the Midnight Beast have always done and stuff. Yeah, okay, and, yeah. and what we're saying about modern day life and technology and things like that and it's obviously about the kind of things that our songs are about but yet the the ideal scenario is that the two of them can fuel each other's fire and and you know the music can promote the show the show can promote the music but both of them can exist on their own, I think. Yeah. So I wanted to be rock stars and comedians. Yeah, 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 yeah lovely. <laughs> there it is, and actors, yeah, so there we go. <laughs> and is one of you going to go to Hollywood? Are you going to get, if you, if this, I mean, is that is that the potential flaw in the in the system if you do become successful comedians doing your own show mm. and what if one of you gets picked up and the guy we need Drew to be in the next Batman movie true oh, I mean the price goes right up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you want me back boys <laughs> no, I think, yeah it'd be one of the things we'll just you know, see how the show goes because at the moment it's only pilot so, you know, yeah and, and as, lo- as long as Christopher Nolan doesn't mind a TikTok parody <laughs> <laughs> the Avengers always need new heroes yeah bring our own dance so la- very last question then yeah. you're uh, something I enjoy asking people obviously you've got a lot of um, uh, like between your, your kind of your group dynamic your, your uh, creativity uh, how innovative you are, how, uh, like, you've got this incredible kind of musical backbone, you've got the core of the editing, the production, all those things. What are your weaknesses? If you were to review your own live show, what would be the things that you'd go, actually, let's hope no one notices, but we're not very good at this, or we want yeah. to be better at that? 
I, I think a lot of the time we've we've we, we haven't felt affiliated with comedy, and and, and I think yeah. I think that's been a strength and a weakness in a lot of things because it's meant we haven't overthought things, but it's meant we also kind of feel like oh we don't fit into that world, and and I think it, it's often the case with music too, where we're a little too comedy to fit in the musical world, and and while I'll put that out there as a weakness that sometimes we fall through the cracks of the two that we don't get a chance to be on the radio because maybe the songs are a little yeah, too funny definitely. or we don't get a chance to to play every comedy festival or go down well because it's a little too musical we often fall through the cracks but that is our main weakness but I think it's also our main strength in, in a big way because it it's hard for people to put a finger on it, and I think that scares people a lot of the time. But yeah. this just... is this is an excellent and typically Stephanish answer. <laughs> you you have carefully turned the weakness into a strength. I'm going to put the question to you, yeah. to you guys as well, just because I, you know, it's not like I'm going tell tell me your weak spots. How can I destroy yeah, the midnight yeah, beast? Yeah, yeah. But I'm just interested in like. No, no, but I would no. agree with Stefan. Like we'd yeah, love, we'd love to. to... <laughs> no, but it's true. I, I, we'd, we'd love to support certain bands, and we know we would go down well, but. You know the powers that be that control these well not control the bands but kind of like you know mm. in, doing charge. Their, in charge of their careers and stuff wouldn't get us necessarily because they were like you're too com- comedy to support and they're like Katy Perry or something and when we know That's we would go down so really well you would absolutely smash that yeah, yeah. yeah. What? and is that but, so you've inquired about doing that but yeah, you haven't managed to get and yeah. Fallout Boy and all these kind of bands where we we know we'd go down because they had the same fan base as us yeah but they don't understand that comedy music can actually work at a show supporting one of these rock bands no because yeah people are scared by it because yeah yeah, we play instruments on stage we do all those sort of things and people are jumping around and moshing out and all that but you know sometimes people just don't understand what we do Mm. which is you know and is there a way around that is there a um, way to have you got a a, a sort of a strategy to go hang on we we should be out there i think we do and i think that's with our next album i think we've really worked out what needs to happen and strategized yeah. it a lot better and got on the right well we had a different management we've got music management now and I think it was just yeah and I then when you booked as a band first and foremost then you turn up and you do what you want yeah and then yeah. they see it happen exactly yeah. Yeah. that's exactly. it yeah because you have to see us live to get it I think yeah. you can watch the videos you can watch our show yeah. and you, you're like okay that, that's um, yeah I can see it but when you see us live I think that's the best thing we can actually do yeah people are like yeah I fucking get it and I see the you know the people moshing around and jumping around yeah. and I completely get it now yeah yeah. but until they see us live some people are like oh I don't get it yeah it's <laughs> mm. annoying but I think for me whilst I don't want to contradict anything we said about the sort of types of venues that we play in and stuff and obviously I've mentioned the Montreal Festival I think it would be quite a, a thing. I've always felt like we've never really gone that full comedic route, like playing to a seated down audience. We did a really cool um, The Sun biz sessions where we did mm-hmm. three tracks just sort of on an acoustic guitar and then me and Ash had a couple of like, silly prop kind of instruments. And it was just really quite stripped back and really more about the sort of lyrics and the vocals and it kind of felt like it was a bit of a... Yeah, just more of a kind of comedy unit rather than like this kind of like Beastie Boys rock kind of rock show. And I kind of feel like maybe that's one thing we've never fully explored. But I think because we've straddled that line of comedy and music and we've always been daunted by, you know, we're, we're comedians because it's like, oh, fucking that's a big deal. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, that's that's maybe one thing I kind of feel we've always lent, we've laid, laid, laid to our strengths rather than kind of actually throwing ourselves out there and think, 
okay, cool, let's let's strip the song down, like really kind of like actually spell out the lyrics of what yeah. we're saying. To and is and is that the source of any kind of tension in the band? Do you argue? Do you do you go? Actually, we should be aiming at this because obviously, I, you know, pursuing the, the thing of like following Fallout Boy, yeah, yeah, is, yeah. that could occupy. Sorry, fully supporting Fallout yeah, Boy, yeah. Or replacing yeah. Fallout yeah, Boy. Yeah. You know, that could occupy all your time. Writing a new show could occupy your time. Yeah. Working on a live at the Apollo seated audience yeah. hour and a half show yeah. could occupy these we, I mean we certainly had like little little tiffs and little scraps but I don't think anything because of that I think I sort of whilst I kind of think that's a slight uh, regret that we maybe haven't pushed that side of things it's, I sort of understand why and, mm. and if anything like kind of agreeing with Steph although you wanted a different answer <laughs> yeah. you know that, that is our strength and our weakness is you know because we, we know what we're good at doing and we're confident doing that and I definitely have fully enjoyed what we've done doing that. Mm. I think it would, you know, it's always that kind of what if had had we done yeah. a couple more shows and that kind of side of things. Or because I certainly feel like when we did do the Just for Last festival, as I said, the first kind of song or two, we went out, all guns blazing, like it was our normal show, and then realizing actually, hang on, everyone's seated down, they've got yeah. a drink in hand, they've just watched the likes of Joe Lyser or Eric Lamper, and it's like, okay, let's actually like just rein in a little. And it was, yeah. it was quite, it was quite a challenge, but we it was learned. also fun. Yeah, it was a learning curve. Yeah. So I just. Yeah, I don't think it was ever a kind of like, oh, why haven't we done this, guys? It's no. more just a, that, so that would be an experiment, you know, and who knows, yeah. maybe we would do, you know, next year, like a show like that or something. And sure. it's, never a, yeah. it's never a sort of thing we would never do, I don't think. And I don't know about you guys, but I never know what to say when somebody goes, what do you do as a career? It's always like, what, what do yeah. we do as yeah. a career? Because yeah, I, yeah. I still don't know. That's the thing. Like, we should create music, but then we also like write yeah, shows like, and stuff. And, it, and then they're, they're always confused. They're like, Okay, so what have you done? You go, yeah. well, yeah. everything apart lot, from ventriloquism. But that kind of, I think, sums us up. We still don't know what we, we are yeah. and what we do, really. Yeah, to a point where do you put, like, if someone says describe the, the, the band or what you guys do, it's like, do you put the music first or comedy? It's like we're, yeah. we're a comedic, comedic band. But, yeah. you know, we, we kind of... I can't understand it. more musicians than comedians. So, what do you mm. say first? Yeah, so we do uh, real fake rap. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you guys. Oh, Thank you. We finally did. Like we've come to the bottom of it. What's the weakness of the Midnight Beast? Yeah. Too many options. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank, Thank you. Thanks very Thank much. You. So that was Steph, Drew and Ashley, a.k.a. The Midnight Beast. You can follow them on Twitter at Midnight Beast UK. Uh, please do yourself a favour. Get on YouTube. Uh, get on the 4OD where you can still find the, the last two series and get stuck into the... Just, just experience The Midnight Beast for yourselves because sooner or later you're going to be at a music festival or have the opportunity to see them live. And that show will absolutely erase your memory, as they say. Um, so when you see that show, it'd just be good if you already knew their stuff in advance. So get your homework done, seek out the Midnight Beast, go and see one of their DJ sets. They sound great as well, but, um, just, you know, they might not be the sorts of thing, the sort of thing that you would normally encounter. Um, but they, you've got to put them in your life. They're so much fun. And thank you to the boys for coming on the show. Uh, I've been Stuart Goldsmith. Thank you for listening. Remember, hashtag get me Jackie Chan and get your tickets at SohoTheatre.com with the discount code FAF to come and see me interview Nina Conti, the brilliant ventriloquist and cabaret and comedy star Nina Conti uh, on May the 5th at Soho Theatre. And that is everything. Thanks to Nathan for co-production skills. And I'm off to bed now because I'm exhausted after an extremely full few days of gigging and 
run-throughs and podcasts and all sorts. Uh, I'm going to Estonia on Wednesday, and I'll see you at McCuncliffe. I said its name. I said its name. I'll burn. See you soon. (laughs) 